Welcome to America's favorite wellness hour, Healthy by Nature, with certified clinical nutritionist, Marty Whittakin. Well, hello there. I want you to know that we will go anywhere in the world to bring you information we think will be helpful to you. And for that matter, today, our guest is in Cyprus. And for those of you that are geographically challenged, that's in the Mediterranean, located south of Turkey and west of Syria. And it made me remember that in the past, we've had guests live from Brazil, England, Germany, Israel, Montserrat. That one was interesting because a typhoon hit in the middle. That didn't help us any. And South Africa and Hawaii, which is like a foreign country time zone-wise. Our poor guest got up at 4 o'clock in the morning to do that show. We'll um, get to our our really interesting guest here shortly. I do want to call attention to the newsletter blog this week. If you didn't read it, I would really like for you to do that because... I was I was shocked when I read it, the article that led me to compose that blog because <clears throat> we've all heard for a long time so-called rumors and conspiracy theories that vaccines were linked to autism. And anybody who ever said that was called a conspiracy theorist and shut down just immediately and humiliated if possible. Well, it turns out that there was, back in the early 2000s, a a government-sponsored conclave of experts who got together because the evidence was pointing that direction and they wanted to look at it. They found that there was indeed a connection to the mercury that was in the vaccines And the problem wasn't so much that any one vaccination was a problem. It was that they hadn't bothered to add up the amount of mercury a child was going to get from the whole slew of vaccines that they were given. And so, of course, what did they do when they found there was this big problem? They looked around and said, oops, we're likely to get sued. We're going to get uh, our reputations harmed uh, might interfere with funding. It might interfere with advertising for um, the media. And they just threw a big blanket over it, covered it up. And all of the details and the links are there so that you can know that I'm not making this up and that the author of the expose knew what he was talking about, the actual transcript I have a link in there, uh, the actual transcript of that big multi-agency pharmaceutical medical meeting is there. You can see for yourself. It, It should give you pause about believing everything that you hear from the government these days about what we're dealing with. So please um, hang in there. We'll be right back with Jeff Bond. And uh, we're going to find out about whether or not our food supply is getting better. Hi, I'm Marty Whitakin. 
When I researched my new book on aloe vera, I learned why. When you drink aloe vera, it helps so many complaints. Everything works better if the body has improved nutrient absorption, better antioxidant support, and fewer toxins. Studies show that there's a great deal of difference among aloe brands. The magic of aloe vera is in its solids, and unfortunately, too many companies damage them with improper filtration, heat, and enzymes. Distilled aloe tastes like water because it's lost all of those beneficial solids. I chose Lily of the Desert as a sponsor because they do the very best job and university tests prove it. Lily of the Desert controls every step of the process. They even grow their own plants. Lily of the Desert products contain allosorb. That's added concentrates of the aloe polysaccharides. Lily does gold standard clinical studies on their products, but they aren't greedy. You can pay more, but you'll get less. Look for Lily of the Desert products at all fine health food stores. Visit lilyofthedesert.com. There's an important difference between a low price and a good value. For example, a cheap vitamin supplement becomes expensive if it doesn't work. Nutrition expert Bill Sardi wanted to have a multivitamin that reflected the latest science. That meant better absorbed forms of essential vitamins and crucial minerals like zinc and selenium in the doses that studies showed were beneficial. He could not find that in stores, so had to design one. Molecular Multi. It is so complete that most people can save money by cutting several bottles out of their supplement program. Better yet, receive two bottles free when you buy three. That makes Molecular Multi only about a dollar a day. If your budget needs even more help, host Marty Whittakin says that half a dose of Molecular Multi provides more health benefits than a full dose of virtually any other product. Visit the sponsor page of hbnshow.com or lifespannutrition.com or call 800-247-5731. 800-247-5731. Subscribe to Marty's free newsletter at the Healthy by Nature Show website, hbnshow.com, hbnshow.com. My guest, Jeff Bond, and by the way, if you want to go searching on your own instead of going to the archive description of today's show where there's a link, it's spelled with a G, G G-E-O-F-F, Bond, graduated with honors in applied sciences from London University and completed postgraduate uh, professional qualifications there. And he spent his early career living and working in remote African villages where he widened his early studies in anthropology, biochemistry, and evolutionary human development. He used both research and first-hand observation of tribal societies, developed guidelines for living in harmony with our naturally adapted lifestyle. He's the author of a... Very nice book, Deadly Harvest, The Intimate Relationship Between Our Food, Between Our Health and Our Food. And he's got a a newer book, Paleo in a Nutshell, Living and Eating the Way Nature Intended. We'll talk about what it means to eat in a paleo fashion. And his wife, he calls her his Bond girl. She has a cookbook called Paleo Harvest, Healthy Cooking with the Bond Girl, and joins us uh, through the miracle of a computer connection and the fact that we found that 
the microphone on this end can be unplugged at, at two ends of the cord. We got that handled before we went on the air. Um, thanks for being with us today, Jeff. Oh, I'm pleased to be with you, Marty. And I'm pleased that it's not it's four o'clock in the afternoon, not four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yes, yes, it could be it could be worse. Um, yeah, it's Saturday afternoon. You probably like to be taking the day off, but um, I'm glad you're with us because you've done some really interesting work. And um, give us just a a little bit of a definition. What is an evolutionary lifestyle anthropologist? Well, it's uh, yes, I suppose it's a bit of a mouthful, but uh, basically it says that uh, we study the origins of the human species, uh, the understanding that uh, that the origins were in the savannas of East Africa, that in fact it was very recent in evolutionary terms, something like 2,000 generations ago, that, uh, that our ancestors left that, that part of the world, and that we're still living with bodies and with brains designed for life back then, back in that particular environment. Uh, and I talk and write about how we know all this, uh, but in particular, I write and talk about how the mismatch between the way nature designed us, if you like, in our evolutionary past and the way we live today uh, is a huge factor in most of the, uh, of the degenerative diseases, the diseases of civilization, as they're called, cancers, heart disease, and so forth, are, um, are a result of this mismatch. And if ultimately, finally, what I do is then talk about how we can try and live in today's world, uh, avoiding this mismatch as best as possible, trying to live in harmony with the way that our bodies expect to be treated. So there we are. Then in a nutshell, that's pretty much what I do and talk about. And that's what my book, that is, which is my and, third book, in fact, Deadly Harvest, that's what it's all about. In one of the two books, you have maps showing how humans started in Africa and the paths they took to get to the other parts of the world over time. But, you know, I, I just thought of something that's kind of a silly comparison, but we don't change that fast. And you know, we're talking thousands of generations, but uh, still our bodies are pretty much the same as the original plan. And I think of when I'm driving through our neighborhood, I always wonder how many generations will it take for squirrels to learn they can't outrun a car? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you've got, that's a good good thing. Yes, you're right. The the, the automatic response for a squirrel to cross a, cross a, uh, a freeway is to run as fast as it can and not pay any attention to what's going on. Oh, uh, worse yet, the they get halfway across and decide they can't make it and turn around and go back. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. So yes, we're programmed in very in very distinct ways, and you're absolutely right that uh, two thousand generations is not a lot for for adaptation to take place, and it's been looked into fairly carefully is to see what changes might have occurred um, in in various peoples as they spread out around the world and to be frank there is uh, only very there's, there's nothing really of, of great consequence perhaps the uh, the most significant one is uh, the, the lactose tolerance that uh, various european peoples uh, adapted to in uh, in in the last uh, four or five hundred generations. And that's probably the biggest one of the lot. But otherwise, um, there's very little that's changed, except we have changed a little bit on the outside, of course. You know, we do look different in different parts of the world. But broadly speaking, that's just uh, the bodywork that looks different on the outside. But underneath, it's still a 50,000-year-older engine. <clears throat> well, 
um, I saw it was a joke the other day, but kind of applies here. It said for what fifty thousand years or some number. We've been eating wheat, and in the last 10 years, everybody became sensitive to gluten. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, I mean, just to put it in perspective, um, of course, what I'm talking about when I talk about 60,000 years ago, we we were living a hunter-gatherer lifestyle, foragers. Um, And uh, these were people living in groups of 40 to 50 people. 10, 12 families, and they would have a huge territory of something like 200 square miles within which they they foraged and hunted and so forth. And that was the the life of human beings for millions of years. Uh, And then suddenly, uh, after they'd spread out around the world, according to that map you saw, suddenly uh, they started to get a bit too... Uh, they found them getting a bit cramped. They didn't couldn't have 200 square miles per hunter-gatherer band. And it was in the Middle East, as I show in the map, um, that uh, it, it happened for the first time that hunter-gatherers got together instead of fighting each other over territory, got together, made bigger communities and actually started taking control of their food supply. Uh, in other words, they planted, they started farming. And that introduced a huge, massive change in the, in the way they fed themselves. And of course, it massive change too in the kind of physical activity they were doing. Uh, 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 and uh, in, in all, all sorts of other various respects concerning stress, for example. So that, the farming revolution, which happened for the first time in the first place, was about 11,000 years ago, um, only happened to those people there. Um, my ancestors, the Anglo-Saxons, didn't get into it until about 2,000 years ago, so much, much later. They were still hunter-gatherers uh, uh, 2,000 years ago. And, of course, there are many, even today, there's still a few tribes, lonely tribes, that are still living a hunter-gatherer existence. But almost everybody else is now dependent on farming uh, and the industrialization, effectively, of our food supply. Well, and even farming is kind of a stretch these days. Um, I can envision a Saturday Night Live skit where, a hunter-gatherer is plucked out of antiquity and dropped into a 7-Eleven and trying to figure (laughs) out if anything in there was actually food. (laughs) Well, yes, exactly. This is the challenge um, that, um, uh, of course, what I do talk about is how we can indeed live and eat uh, in a way which is... uh, pretty much fits the profile that a hunter-gatherer's body recognizes, but the hunter-gatherer himself wouldn't recognize it because there's nothing in today's food supply that a hunter-gatherer would recognize. He might just about recognize a watermelon, but that's about it. You know, everything else is just totally strange and unusual. But that doesn't mean to say that they're all of them bad. It just means that some, some we have to know how to choose which, it, which ones are the right ones to be working for, for us and the ones which we uh, are working against us. Well, February is Heart Health Month, and um, I can imagine the answer to this, but the folks that you studied the in Africa and you write about the Aborigines in Australia, mm-hmm. that probably they don't have to worry about taking statin drugs and blood pressure medication. <laughs> No, I mean, this is the amazing thing. Uh, they, uh, they've, uh, as you say, the Australian Aborigines have been studied living in the wild. Uh, in fact, very interestingly, uh, one study, they took, if you like, um, uh, 
Aborigines who had been living a, a Western lifestyle, who had got diabetes, who had got heart, heart disease, but still knew how to live in the wild. And they took them back out into the wild uh, and for a couple of months. And within, well, within weeks, and certainly by the end of the couple of months, their heart, their diabetes had receded, their heart disease was, was um, in remission. Uh, it was just amazing. Um, so, and, so that's absolutely right. And take it, for, for example, when the San were, the San Bushmen in, the, in Southern Africa, who were very close to us, uh, closer to the West. Jeff, the, you, uh, probably, uh, you probably need to hold uh, that thought. I'm here, some music. Yes, we're about to take a break. And okay. when we come back, we're on. going to find out what we can do short of moving out into the bush and eating like the Aborigines. And um, somewhere along the line, I think we'll talk about what our friendly bacteria like to eat. Now more than ever, it is important to have a healthy immune system. Many health professionals agree that probiotics are a leading natural therapy for boosting immune health. Why? Because 70% of your body's immune cells reside in the GI tract. By taking a superior probiotic daily, like Dr. O'Hara's probiotics with their postbiotic metabolites, you can enhance your overall immune system and immune response. For additional immune support, get RegActive's immune formula to boost your glutathione levels. Since our glutathione levels go down if we feel stressed, maintaining glutathione levels is a key factor for natural defense. For a short-term immune boost, try Dr. O'Hara's Propolis Plus, which provides probiotic and immune support and includes Brazilian green propolis for superior antioxidant support and vitamin E, astaxanthin, and flax oil. Be proactive about your immune health. Ask your retailer today about Dr. O'Hara's probiotics, RegActive Immune Formula, and Dr. O'Hara's Propolis Plus today. Also available online. It takes several factors to create cancer. That's why it just makes sense to treat the disease with a variety of therapies. Whatever you decide about mainstream medicine's typical surgery, chemo, and radiation, you should know that the Kasanas Institute has many powerful tools in their toolbox. For example, natural ways to support your immune system, specialized detoxification programs, and a personalized nutritional plan. If chemotherapy is right for your case, the Kasanas Institute also offers a gentler approach low-dose chemotherapy delivered in a smart way that targets the cancer cells more than your healthy cells. Their approach is individualized to you and your type of cancer to provide effectiveness and reduced side effects. At the Kasanis Institute, an experienced care manager will guide you and coordinate options. Don't you deserve a doctor that uses the best of modern science and ancient wisdom? Link from hbnshow.com or call 817-481-6342. Now we can do as most animals do, maintain levels of vitamin C without continual reliance upon dietary or supplemental sources of vitamin C. This is revolutionary. Vitamin C works by pouring electrons on unbalanced atoms to counter potentially destructive oxygen and nitrogen-free radicals. Instead of taking vitamin C pills all day long, similar to using a fire extinguisher over and over, Formula 216 does this 24-7, akin to an internal fire sprinkler system continually pouring electrons on the free radical fire. 
That makes Formula 216 the world's first stress-responsive vitamin C pill, rapidly elevating vitamin C levels in response to biological or mental stress. Now you can do what animals do. Upgrade to Formula 216, the world's first 24-7 vitamin C pill. Call 833-848-2216. That's toll-free, 833-848-2216 for 24-7 vitamin C protection. That's 833-848-2216. Dr. Hero's Probiotics has been a proud sponsor of the Healthy by Nature show for well over a decade. My guest, Jeff Bond, is a world-renowned scientist who has extensively researched forager societies of the past and present. He's the author of Deadly Harvest, The Intimate Relationship Between Our Health and Our Food, and another book, Paleo in a Nutshell, Living and Eating the Way Nature Intended. His wife's cookbook is Paleo Harvest, Healthy Cooking with the Bond Girl. Uh, Jeff, in my library on the website, I have an article that I wrote it's really more of a chart, but an article that I wrote many years ago about food then and now. And it's just a very crude um, a collection of differences between uh, you know, like naturally occurring species and genetically modified to contain genetics and chemicals with unknown effects. Just a comparison of, but it's a, a really big picture, and you get right down to the actual foods that people ate and are now eating. And um, before we get too deep into that, tell us just in general what what has happened to what people are eating now compared with what the, you know, 10,000 years ago... Well, as we just earlier discussed, the, the sort of food we see on in the supermarkets today, we just wouldn't be recognised by a hunter-gatherer. That, which is not to say that it, it isn't all bad. Um, and in a sense, you have to kind of just look at what is the specification of the kind of food supply that we we're designed to be eating. And I suppose the first one that I would always pick out on is that uh, the hunter-gatherer food supply was what we call low glycemic. Doesn't give sharp blood sugar spikes. Doesn't give a sharp insulin insulin spikes and um, the the rot set in with the farming revolution when suddenly instead of eating uh, fruits and vegetables people started eating wheat and barley uh, and rye Uh, and these are cereals which are which when baked into into the various products that we eat today such as the pastas and the breakfast cereals and so forth breads um, are actually very glycemic Partly because they, uh, the, the way they're made today also makes them more glycemic than they would have been 11,000 years ago. But we already see from the skeletons of people that back in those days that, uh, the high gly- that their high glycemic diet and the high insulinemic diet and the uh, anti-nutrients that are in these, pro- in these uh, cereals were influencing their health in negative ways. So uh, that's, uh, if you like, when, I, when I'm talking about this kind of thing, I have to say, yes, you can 
say it's a high the low glycemic diet is what we need to be doing so yes we shouldn't be eating starches and sugars that's one of, for example one one example oh well yes um <laughs> and i i wrote a, a book called the probiotic cure talking about our friendly bacteria and mm-hmm. they um have a whole lot to do with how our body operates and they like to have a variety of fibrous foods and don't mm-hmm. don't do well with the high glycemic foods that that you just mentioned so that is a a big issue and as i said this is heart health month and having insulin insensitivity is a big factor headed down the wrong path toward heart health so yes indeed um insulin high insulin levels uh, amongst other things, are inflammatory, uh, and and they do provoke the production of extra uh, unusual levels of cholesterol. It increases blood pressure. It uh, increases blood clotting. All this kind of thing in ways that it, the body was never supposed to was never supposed to happen to the body. So indeed, uh, working towards a low glycemic diet is one of the one of the first things that people should be trying to do. And at the same time, they should. Well, should be finding that they'll be losing weight as well. <laughs> well, and if you get away from low glycemic, you may go to low carb and keto and get more fats. But the fats have changed also; they're not the same type of fatty acids today. Oh, you're absolutely right. Absolutely, there's some very interesting study done in the 1960s. Um, What's his name? Crawford, that's it, Michael Crawford, um, who uh, studied the fatty acids that are in um, animals that, uh, that were living in, particularly, he was looking at, um, at, at bullocks that were living in their natural environment in the savannas of East Africa amongst bushes and all kinds of flowering shrubs and all this kind of thing and tested their fatty acid profile of the, of the meat of, of what they were made of, uh, compared it to the same animals that were living in, in grassy areas where they're just eating grass and then compared it to uh, the fatty acids in animals that were being kept in zoos. And he found that as he went from one to the other, that the fatty acid profile changed dramatically uh, from what was evidently the right kind of fatty acid profile where they, these um, cows and, uh, were living in the way that nature expected them to, to the grassland, which wasn't as good, uh, to the zoos where they really were being fed badly and their fatty acid profile was, was, was very harmful to them. And you're absolutely right that... Um, the fatty acids question again you know it's hard not to get into too deeply into it but um broadly speaking i try to avoid talking too much about saturated fats uh because the focus in my to my mind is should be on the the omega-3 omega-6 uh seesaw i call it uh because these two uh, fatty acids are highly chemically active um biochemically active and so and what's happened just in recent years or just in almost in my lifetime we've suddenly overbalanced this seesaw in favor of omega-6s which again are are, are inflammatory uh, and which are increasing um, blood clotting increasing blood pressure and doing uh, doing all kinds of mischief to our bodies and we and the omega-3s have, have dropped out of, of our food supply 
partly because they're a nuisance to industrialists who try to make foods which are which have a long shelf life and omega-3s uh, go uh, go off quite quickly so they t- they strip them out particularly out of bread for example yes and so many things now are done to food for shelf life transportability uh, appearance flavor and the fact that we've changed our body's composition of omega-6, which are pro-inflammatory fats, to the omega-3s, which are anti-inflammatory, certainly has something to do with our our current state of health. Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, little by little, we see the various pieces of a jigsaw coming together because most of uh, our conditions today, the diabetes and the cancers and uh, Alzheimer's and all the rest of it, which are all pretty much like it's a pretty sweeping statement, but almost lifestyle diseases anyway. Um, they uh, uh, they've crept up on us in ways which which we're only just now beginning to understand how all these various factors bit by bit have come into place. Uh, and as you say, with a free for all in the in the food industry, um, where they're, they're they've got all the most powerful public relations experts and psychologists on their side persuading to us to eat stuff that we don't really need or want, uh, in Edward Bernays's uh, phrase. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, the, us poor individuals have a tough time uh, sorting out just wh- you know where we should be going with it all. Well, when we come back from this break, I'd like to get into some specific foods to give people mm-hmm. an idea how to eat, what kinds of foods to eat for the three meals that will be compliant with the paleolithic, uh, the healthier diet, because we are supposed to be healthy, but we have prime directives. We have to give the body what it needs to function optimally, and we can't shut it down with overloads of things it can't handle. So let's uh, try to paint a picture of what that looks like in operation when we come back with my guest Jeff Bond he's the author of Deadly Harvest and um, we'll pick this up after this break at half past the hour you are tuned to Healthy by Nature with certified clinical nutritionist Marty Whittakin You remodel your kitchen, you remodel your bathroom. Now, remodel your gut. That's right, your gut. Any successful remodel job requires workers to show up with the necessary tools and ready to work. Well, it's just like that with probiotics. They need to come with prebiotics to encourage growth, as well as postbiotics to nourish the gut. And Dr. O'Hara's probiotics do just that. Dr. O'Hara's is the only probiotic capsule that contains a rich nutritional prebiotic, along with a full spectrum of 12 selected probiotic strains and naturally derived postbiotics. During a three-year fermentation process, Dr. O'Hara's probiotics create healthy, organic nutrients and the diversity of flora that are necessary for long-term digestive health. So remodel your gut today with the right workers. Get Dr. O'Hara's probiotics online as well as Vitamin Shop, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and natural health retailers nationwide today. In an era of censorship, there are things you just can't say these days. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be free again? But just the thought of getting older and having to take all those prescription drugs. I'm Bill Sardi, formulator of Longevinix, 
which we now call the nothing pill. Wouldn't you like to be 50 and wake up 25 years later and feel the same? To age chronologically but not biologically? A recent report says Americans have expanded their lifespan but now need to expand their health span. To have your genes reprogrammed to be healthy instead of inheriting the maladies of your grandparents. To look in the mirror 15 years after you began taking Longevinix, the red wine pill, and realize you've barely aged at all. In fact, a Longevinix user reports a test of his biological age was 20 years below his calendar age. A recent study says a widely used prescription drug can now expand the human health span. But resveratrol, the key ingredient in Longevinix, works up to 200 times better than that prescription drug. I think of my own experience. Now 76 years after birth, my eyesight is 20-20. My optometrist examined the back of my eyes to find no cholesterol deposits that 91% of people my age have. But we are silenced. Our lips must remain sealed. Our overlords restrict what we can say about Longevinix to almost nothing. And that's why we now call it the nothing pill. What we can't say about Longevinix speaks loudly. In the 1600s, it was physician Thomas Fuller who said, disease is felt but health, not at all. Wouldn't it be great to feel nothing again? Longevinex, the nothing pill. Call 866-405-4000. That's 866-405-4000 for Longevinex, the nothing pill. Healthy by Nature is sponsored in part by HealthWorksMart.com. I think it's kind of amusing that we call some cultures primitive, but they were in touch with their bodies. If they ate something that gave them a stomach ache, they didn't do it again. We just get heart get a heartburn pill and go back at it. Uh, staying in tune means also staying in touch with and paying attention. Um, we were going to talk about specific plans, but maybe one more general definition for people who might be confused, the difference between paleolithic and keto. Yeah. Um, so these these terms have popped up in re- relatively recent years. When I first wrote uh, my first book in 1999, uh, I called what I was doing the Savannah model, uh, and it never caught on. Uh, and then roughly round about just before Deadly Harvest or after Deadly Harvest got published, uh, the, the term paleo got, got uh, coined, I suppose, paleolithic, to describe what, exactly what it was that I was talking about. And so that's, what's, uh, that's what we now call what I talk about is basically the paleolithic model. But I, I do caution people to say that as fast as a, a church gets created, it splits off into sects. And um, we find that the word paleo is now applied to all kinds of bizarre uh, uh, eating theories, thinking that people perhaps were like cavemen and they were eating huge chunks of meat all the time, uh, uh, which is not how it it was at all. Um, In fact, the forager diet was roughly 75% plant food of the right kind and roughly 25% animal matter of the right kind. Uh, And that's so, yeah, it's basically a plant food diet with, with some animal matter thrown in. And I use a very vague term, animal matter, because these these people back then, our foragers, were eating, you know, all kinds of 
creatures like the yes the antelope but they're also eating lizards and tortoises and uh, uh, eggs and uh, and reptiles of all kinds so uh, the good thing to know is you don't have to go back to eating reptiles or anything like that you can still get everything you want from a, from a from a normal shop in terms of animal matter but uh, but these people were um you know they were they were you know losing the train of my thought here um but the reality is that um uh where where was i uh, help me out here marty well the um <laughs> just trying to define better what a paleo diet is. Oh, with a paleo and the ketogenic diet. Yeah. Um, now, it's interesting. The ketogenic diet uh, was devised uh, quite a few decades ago. I can't quite remember when, 50, 60, even 70 years ago, when um, they, they tried um, using it to treat epilepsy. And it seemed to work. But the keto diet is pays a lot of attention to, as you say, keeping out... Uh, uh, glycemic foods, extremely low glycemic, uh, but piling on the fats. Um, now, that's not the way human beings were designed either. And in particular, most ketogenic diets don't trans don't specify what kinds of fats. Um, and uh, for example, the ketogenic diet, I suppose, is, is an extreme example of what Atkins was talking about. Uh, and he he never made a distinction between the various kinds of fats that you might get in bacon compared to the ones that you might get in flaxseed oil or whatever. Uh, and we do know, of course, that uh, some are good for you and some are not so good for you. So with and by the way, diet, excuse me, he yeah. people miss the fact that he ate vegetables. <laughs> he did. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, yes, they did miss. Yeah, and they thought they could just pig out on uh, frankfurters and uh, well, yeah, exactly, and and, and hamburgers, bacon and, so. and steak. You know, ba bacon and day, steaks. Yes. Know. Yeah, I know. I I um I have just a quick anecdote. Uh, it was in the 1990s. I was giving one of my first talks in Palm Springs to a, a, an audience in a golf club. Um, and afterwards, a chap came up to me, and I won't attempt to uh, mimic his accent, but he was from South Dakota, and he had a Stetson hat on, and he said, yeah, he's a cowboy, um, but uh, he was 55 years old, uh, and he, uh, his doctor told him that he's got to change something fast because he's going to die with a heart attack very quickly if he doesn't. And I asked him, I said, well, you know, well, how are you living? What are you doing? What are you eating? He said, well, we, my mother, who's in her 80s, has a cook-up on the ranch every morning, and we have steak and eggs and bacon for breakfast. I said, well, yeah, and, and then what? Uh, and then, well, for lunchtime, we have steak and eggs and bacon. Uh, right. And, and for dinner, well, we have more steak and eggs and bacon. And I said, and does your mother, who's 80, is she living the same way? He said, oh, no, no, no. She's eating all the broccoli and the cabbages out of the kitchen garden. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, so they're, they're right there you had the contrast. Uh, now, you don't have to eat entirely on, live entirely on broccoli and cabbages, but uh, South Dakota is a difficult place to live in if you're wanting fresh fruit and vegetables, apparently, I, uh, you know, through the long winters there. Uh, you, you you don't find them very easily. So yeah, it's it's you know you, where you wherever you live is a make is also a big question as to how you you actually focus on what is important uh, and try and make sure you can get it. Well, we do keep hearing now more and more about a plant based diet, and some people immediately go to, oh gosh, that means we're going to have to 
become a vegan and have tofur tofurky tofu. I don't know how to say it, for tofu turkey for Thanksgiving. Uh, somewhere between the, uh, the South Dakota approach with the bacon, eggs, and steak and living as a vegan uh, with things that you don't like the taste of, um, I'm, I'm sure I haven't seen um, Nicole, your wife's, cookbook but i am sure that it it is somewhere in the middle between those extremes oh absolutely so you know i'll give you tell you a secret i was brought up as a vegetarian and this was a very unusual thing i was born during the second world war i even had a ration book which gave me as a small child cheese instead of uh, two rashes of bacon a week um but um uh but I never quite, I was, I was always unsatisfied as to why it was we were vegetarian. And we were just told, well, it's, you know, it's healthier and it's, uh, and it's kinder to animals. And, you know, but it's all a bit vague. And so this is part of what uh, led me on my mission to find out, well, what is it that human beings are really designed to consume and the way they kind of live? Um, and so, uh, and so, yeah, it came as a big surprise and a bit of a, reality check to me to discover that human beings weren't designed as vegetarians even let alone vegans um and that uh, that we're basically designed as to be these spe- special kinds of omnivores which have a plant food diet basically a plant food diet with some animal matter thrown in again i use that vague term animal matter yes because in some cultures it might be insects things that we wouldn't even think of eating uh, all right but it's what's available and plant-based doesn't mean exclusively plant and Mm. that should be a relief to people we'll uh, come back to that thought Mm -hmm. when we come back with my guest Jeff Bond he's the author of Deadly Harvest and Paleo in a Nutshell we're uh, learning we would be a lot healthier if we ate a lot more like our, quote, primitive, unquote, ancestors who lived close to the, the land, paid attention, and ate what not only their bodies liked, but their bacteria liked. Stay tuned. This is Healthy by Nature. If you are bothered by heartburn, acid reflux, or indigestion, this heads up may be a lifesaver. Millions think an acid-blocking drug has fixed their problem. Unfortunately, those medicines shut down digestion and, if taken for more than a few weeks, can lead to dementia, hip fracture, heart attack, kidney disease, and so on. Please learn how to fix the root cause of the problem so that you can avoid those dangerous pills. I'm Marty Whittakin, Certified Clinical Nutritionist. In my book, Natural Alternatives to Nexium and Other Acid Blockers, I explain that there are safe solutions to stomach pain that work with your body to improve digestion and heal damaged tissues. I made the book easy to read, but it is so well documented in science that you can share it with your doctor. Natural Alternatives to Nexium and Other Acid Blockers is available in some libraries and bookstores. Look for a direct link to Amazon on the shop page of hbnshow.com. The far-infrared component of sunlight is a nutrient and a natural remedy. These waves are invisible. They're at the far end of the spectrum from the ones that cause sunburn. I'm excited about the convenient and affordable far-infrared table lamp. 
The lamp focuses that light power on whatever part of the body you want to help. It gently stimulates circulation, lymphatic drainage, and immune function while it oxygenates and energizes cells. Every home and office should have one, and it would make a terrific gift. Who doesn't at least occasionally have a sore throat or stiff joint, congested sinuses, a rash or injury? You might just want to strengthen your eyes or ears. Save with the code HBNLAMP. Click products on the menu of the hbnshow.com website for details or call Phil at 626-200-8454. 626-200-8454. People who regularly drink coffee or tea, consume sugary foods, and in particular drink wine, beer, or spirits, and people who take antacid or diuretic water pills deplete their body of vitamin B1, also known as thiamine. Symptoms of vitamin B1 deficiency can include headaches, chronic cough, racing heart, constipation or diarrhea, non-infectious fever, crippling weakness and pain, difficulty walking or talking, loss of smell and taste, breathlessness, loss of hunger, sweating, tingling in hands and feet, memory problems, and more. The answer to these problems is vitamin B1 in the preferred fat-soluble form provided in Nerve Guardian. It is the new dietary supplement from Lifespan Nutrition. Nerve Guardian provides 10 times more vitamin B1 than the best diet. Buy one bottle of Nerve Guardian and get a second bottle free. That's a full eight-month supply for just $3.12 per month. Call Lifespan Nutrition today and ask for Nerve Guardian. Call 800-247-5731. That's 800-247-5731. Subscribe to Marty's free newsletter at the Healthy by Nature Show website, hbnshow.com, hbnshow.com. My guest, Jeff Bond, and if you go to the archive description of today's show, which you reach by going to hbnshow.com, and from the menu, select Listen, and then in the archives, today's date, you can click on his name. It'll take you to his website where you can learn about his, it's called the Bond Briefing, um, it's a, uh, a newsletter where he kind of brings everything up to date and adds, um, there's um, a review of a book that we've talked about on this show, Unsafe at Any Meal. That one was really, he's reading all the right books, it would appear, were, um, in my modest opinion. And um, I was reading the description of the, uh, the cookbook that Nicole wrote, and it looks like it's not extreme. It's taking plant foods making them delicious uh, with herbs and avoiding the non-human foods that give our bodies trouble uh, with allergic substances and anti-nutrients. Tell us what an anti-nutrient is. Oh, hello. You're asking me what an anti-nutrient is? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, yes, these are... These are chemicals or compounds that are present in foods which are um, uh, undermining our health in various kinds of ways. So, for example, gluten I would class as an anti-nutrient, and there are other kinds of uh, anti-nutrients in uh, in 
grains and cereals, for example, alkyl resorcinols and so forth, which in various kinds of ways are silently undermining our health. They may be making our guts more porous. They may be uh, uh, undermining our gut health. Uh, they can be doing all kinds of things to our biochemistry. So, uh, so yes, we try Excuse to avoid... Excuse me, is this an example of, of phytate that binds up minerals so we can't absorb them? Yes, yes. Well, you you could call that an anti-nutrient as well. Yes, uh, exactly. Um, and you mention in your book healthy thinking. Tell us what that means. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what the context of that was, uh, but. Um, uh, one of the difficulties we have today is that uh, is we're just so much bombarded with news that we have to try and stay focused on on where we need, where we're trying to go, and and one of the um, uh, examples I give and I have, living in a what amounts to a Greek island, uh, the ancient Greeks had some wonderful uh, legends or uh, myths which helped to understand the human condition. But in particular, there was the, I mentioned the one about Odysseus, who was sailing back from the siege of Troy on his way home, and he was going to go past the island of the Sirens. And the, um, the Sirens, of course, were well known for these beautiful ladies who sing, sang such beautiful songs that they enticed the sailors to sail the ships onto the rocks, and which point the sirens then helped themselves to all the cargo that was in the ships well Odysseus wanted to listen to these beautiful siren songs but didn't want to get shipwrecked so he um, had himself strapped to the mast on it as he was, as they were sailing by and he had the oarsman's ears sealed up with beeswax so they couldn't hear the who uh, couldn't hear the songs and he gave his steersman um, a course to sail on. And he said, right, you sail on that course. You don't pay any attention to what I'm doing. Just make sure that oarsmen keep, keep sailing on that particular course past the island into safety. And as he approached the island, he heard all these wondrous siren songs, eat me, I've got vitamin C, drink me, I've got this and so on. Um, uh, and he was struggling to get free, but finally they sailed out of earshot and they were saved. Um, and I, I sometimes say that sometimes we just have to think hard about uh, and keep focused on where we're trying to get with, uh, with, where, with, with our lifestyle and not get dragged aside by siren songs. Yes, which could be <laughs> television commercials for snack foods and things that well, appeal to absolutely. us. And um, we know we've studied these in the past that a lot of these foods have additives to make you not be able to eat just one and to keep going back and back and back for more of something that your body doesn't need. Uh, we don't have a lot of time left. How about giving us an example of a meal that you like that is Savannah compliant? Well, it's uh, it's very simple. For example, for breakfast, I just have a couple of boiled eggs. Uh, I try and make sure they're uh, farmyard eggs. Again, you can't always get them out of a farmyard these days, but at least you can get them free range and organic or something. Um, we live in, a, again, a Greek island where um, where the Mediterranean diet uh, up until fairly recently was, was commonplace, in which case... Uh, we, you go along and you have a nice big salad 
with, with a piece of uh, sea bream or a piece of salmon. That's another perfectly good lunch. And uh, in the dinner time, well, there again, you might have a, well, if you do something exotic like venison or wild boar, but you don't have to do that. Um, you can just have a nice piece of duck or something with plenty of vegetables, um, but avoiding potatoes, that's all. Well, I hear the I, music coming, so I'll let you go. <laughs> I, I didn't hear uh, Pop-Tarts anywhere in there, so... No, no, no Pop-Tarts, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have just a little bit more time when we come back. My guest, Jeff Bond, is the author of Deadly Harvest and um, Paleo in a Nutshell. Please stay with us. I'm Marty Whittakin. Do you wake up refreshed and ready for the day? Good quality sleep is crucial for restoring your body and your brain so we can feel alert and energetic the next day. If you struggle to get to sleep or stay asleep, you'll be glad to know about Gero Formula Sleep Optimizer. This formula combines amino acids and herbs such as GABA, tryptophan, valerian root, and hops to support the body in normalizing sleep. Stress, jet lag, and rotating work shifts are special challenges for sleep. They also benefit from Gero Formula's Optimizer's powerful yet gentle encouragement toward relaxation and healthy sleep cycles. Sleep Optimizer benefits all three stages of sleep so that you can awake rested and energized. Look for Gero Sleep Optimizer at fine health food stores nationwide. As you know, not every product is appropriate for every person. So please read label advice regarding youngsters, disease states, medication use, and pregnancy. For complete information, visit Jero.com. That's J-A-R-R-O-W.com. Science shows wide-ranging health support from regular use of a far-infrared sauna. Benefits include improvements in heart health, lung health, mood, and recovery after exercise. Sauna is also known to reduce chronic fatigue, muscle pain, and the effects of stress. A new study even suggests it helps preserve our memory. These benefits are not surprising because far-infrared improves blood circulation, lymphatic drainage, and detoxification. Those, in turn, help oxygenate and energize the body cells. Sauna has been valued as a therapy for hundreds of years long before people knew why it worked. The practice may be ancient, but the convenience, technology, and affordability are new. That's why you should find out about the portable, speedy, and highly effective sauna from Momentum 98. Click products on the menu of the hbnshow.com website for details. To save $100, use the code HBN. If you have questions or would prefer to place your order directly with Phil Wilson, call 626-200-8454. That's 626-200-8454. I'm Marty Whittakin. You may have heard the word resveratrol, and you may even know that it is the red wine molecule. However, you may not know that Longevinex is the only brand that has undergone testing of any kind, test tube, animal, or human. It's also the one with the correct potency. Trust me, more isn't always better. Internationally respected nutrition expert and formulator Bill Sardi wisely combined resveratrol with other beneficial components to increase its effectiveness. In fact, Longevinex delivers nine times more positive effect than plain resveratrol pills. Resveratrol is being researched for its support of an astounding variety of health issues. Please read my resveratrol article in the supplement section of the library on hbnshow.com. Order today at longevinex.com or call 866-405-4000. Please tell them Marty sent you just in case they have a special. longevinex.com or call 866-405-4000.
Sign up for podcasts or listen to past programs on our website, hbnshow.com, hbnshow.com. Please check into the archive of today's show where there are links to all three of the books that I've mentioned and to Jeff Bond's website where there's a lot of good information. And I was just looking over your November newsletter, and one of the news shorts in there was uh, an article about Four weeks on a diet of highly processed food led to a strong inflammatory response in the braids of aging rats, and it was accompanied by memory loss and uh, inattention to danger signals. And what they fed them were, uh, it was a diet that mimicked ready-to-eat human foods packaged for long shelf life, such as potato chips and snacks, um, deli meats containing preservatives and the like. And the fact that it happened so quickly was alarming. Um, And also, older people who have a protein-poor diet are more likely to develop dementia. So that's the kind of really usable information that's in there. Um, Jeff, it just seems to me that we export our worst eating habits anywhere in the world where there's a pristine diet of some kind, pretty soon we will have sent them all the things they shouldn't be eating from the sodas to bagels or whatever. As I say, I live here on a Greek island and uh, in just again in the space of three or four decades, you've got all the little Greek tavernas are closing down and uh, in favor of pizza parlors and uh, fast food restaurants. And it's just sad because, and Cyprus now has one of the highest rates of childhood obesity in the European Union. Um, So yes, that is happening. And even more dramatically, I thought, was um, the news some time ago now that China had decided that, um, which up, you know, has had a pretty good health record, really, in spite of all the, uh, you know, the poverty and so on in the place, uh, decided that dairy must be a good idea if the West was doing it, and they would encourage the consumption of dairy, which was never part of the Chinese diet. Now, we haven't actually spoken about that, that either, but yes, dairy is not human food either, and we would uh, recommend it for avoiding it. So yes, um, exporting even dairy to China is something that was uh, quite a remarkable thing in there to their disadvantage, I would say. Yes, and scientists were using China as an example of what we should em- emulate because of the <laughs> the uh, large percentage of plant foods in their diet. Well, Jeff, this has been fun. I appreciate your taking some of your weekend time with us. and I, It's been a pleasure. I hope people will check out your books and your website for information about your newsletter. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. Well, thank you very much for the interview. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Healthy by Nature is sponsored in part by Lily of the Desert Alloceuticals. Are you living with chronic pain from injury or the degeneration of aging? Knee, hip, shoulder, and back surgeries can be risky, expensive, even with insurance, and entail long, painful recoveries. Steroid shots give only temporary relief and can damage joints. 
Thankfully, our creator blessed us with stem cells. They are the amazing power that built our bodies and fixed problems fast when we were kids. Stem cells reduce inflammation, regenerate tissue anywhere in the body, and balance immune function. However, as we age, we lose most of these tiny miracle workers. Replenish them with Infinity Cell Therapy. The therapy is simple, safe, virtually painless, affordable, and you do not miss work to recover. Infinity Umbilical Cord Stem Cells are pure and extremely vibrant. Be younger and stronger for longer. Call 800-507-6509 today for a free ebook and to schedule your no-cost, no-obligation, no-pressure consultation or to find a stem cell seminar in your area. Call 800-507-6509 today. 